Bob Substance. Make some noise wherever you are at. You made it to church. You're looking great. I'm so happy to be here with you today. If we have not yet met, my name is Pastor Carolyn Haas. My husband Peter and I, we planted Substance Church over 19 years ago. And I am so excited to share God's word with you today. And here's what I know. God is here, he's ever present, and he wants to reveal himself to you. And the sense I have for today is that he has an individual specific word that you need to hear. So I want you to lean in, get your notepads, your note apps, whatever you do to take notes, but take notes and listen to what God has to say to you today. You know, every January at Substance, we love to do this thing called fasting. It's a church-wide spiritual discipline. We do it with churches all around the United States, all around the world, and we commit as a church community, hey, let's do 21 days, let's pray, let's fast together. And I am telling you, every year we do this, we see so many miracles. Like you have shared stories with me. Oh my gosh, Pastor Carolyn, it was actually in 2019 during the fast that God gave me clarity about my job or about my career and he opened doors for me and he shut doors and it was just so clear as I was seeking him. There's others of you who've shared stories where you struggled with infertility, but it was during the fast in January that all of a sudden God opened up and there was miraculous pregnancy that occurred. So fun. So many of you have shared stories with me of you were seeking God, you were fasting and praying, and then God started dealing with emotional pain, like emotional healing from your childhood, from some traumas that had happened, but it was during the fast that you got the breakthrough that you needed to rebuild some relationships. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to fast forward my life. I want God to continue to do a work in me. In fact, Peter and I were just looking back at journals just last week, he's like, hey, Carolyn, check this out. Look, and he had it all typed out. He's like, look at the prayers we prayed in January 2023. And, and I had forgotten I prayed some of them. But thank God he wrote it down. And so all of a sudden we're looking at them. And I'm just being honest, blown away by how God answered. Like, beyond what I could imagine. And it just built my faith. It just built my faith. Like, what am I writing down this year? What am I trusting God to do? What am I asking him to do in my life? And so there's something so powerful about us coming together as a church community during this time of prayer and fasting. So what I wanna do today is I wanna talk about fasting. We're gonna hit some practicals. We're gonna hit some scriptures. And I just know by the end of today, whether you've never fasted a day in your life or whether you are a ninja black belt faster, which let's just be honest, I don't know anyone who is. Um, God's gonna speak to you and inspire you today. I feel like my job is to be a cheerleader. And so, um, did you know, fasting is actually mentioned in the Bible over 69 times. So every third time there's a scripture on prayer, there's one on fasting. And I think that's important to point out because we know that there's so many sermons, blogs, books, podcasts on prayer. It's just so normal. We just normalize prayer, but then we kind of barely talk about fasting. And I just think, well, why is that? Like, why don't we talk about it enough? I think maybe we don't know enough about it. I think we don't know why we should do it. And so as Pastor Peter and I were just processing what does substance need to hear today? What's the word that we're supposed to share? And it was on this amazing gift that God has given us called fasting. And I really feel like I'm on a mission this morning to be your cheerleader. I'm here today to cheer you on. I'm here to awaken some of you out of a slumber, out of the January blues, you know what I mean, if you will. And so I all want you to say amazing. amazing. Say it again, you gotta go with me louder. Like amazing. amazing. Okay. God has given this amazing gift called fasting. We're gonna dive into it. So allow me to define it. I want you to write this down. Fasting is a process of abstaining from something for the purpose of worship, prayer, and self-discipline. 
Let me say it again. Fasting is the process of abstaining from something for the purpose of worship, prayer, and self-discipline. Now, often when we talk about fasting, we immediately think about abstaining from food. And often fasting does include abstaining from food. But it's not merely just abstaining from food. You can fast anything. So often I fast sugar. I fast sweets. I love them so much. So, like, I have to fast them to be able to think straight, right? Otherwise, I have a foggy brain. Or the other thing I love to fast or that I need to fast, and I therefore I love to fast, is shopping. Like, I love to shop. Like, it just relaxes me, it energizes me, it comforts me, and so, therefore, the Lord is often like, Carolyn, let's take a break from that shopping and let's fast that, okay? Let me provide for you. And so, for some of you here today, you need to fast video games. Like, you're, you're spending two to three hours a day on video games. Or for some of you, it's TV, movies, social media, even friendships. There's some of you, you know there's certain relationships and friendships in your life, whether they're at your work, your school, or even online community, that God is saying, hey, let's take a break for the purpose of prayer, worship, and self-discipline. One year, I had a guy come up to me, and he's like, Pastor Carolyn, I feel like I'm supposed to fast binge drinking. Like binge drinking, meaning drinking for the purpose of getting drunk which Minnesota has a very high population of people who binge drink. And so I remember I was a little caught off guard because I was like, hey, we should probably always fast binge drinking, you know? I mean, scripture does say do not be drunk with wine, you know, but be filled with God's spirit. But I, of course, I didn't say that. I just went, I am so proud of you. Yes, do that. Fast binge drinking. Listen to what happened. Actually, because this gentleman fasted binge drinking over the 21 days, literally it led to the most amazing recovery process for him. And all of a sudden he walked into a journey of freedom and sobriety and freedom from alcohol addiction. Come on, like, yeah, it's possible. But where did it start? It started with fasting. Okay, so why should we fast things? According to the Bible, fasting builds your self-denial muscle. Okay, think of working out. We all have muscles. Some of them are strong. Some of them are weak. But fasting is building a self-denial muscle. And as we're building that muscle, it actually reveals to us how much we medicate our souls with earthly things. Like, we just... We live in denial of how much we medicate ourselves and our circumstances with comfort. And so self-denial, it's just a really good muscle to get into the habit. Even all the success coaches out there will say, learn to say no and don't just do what you feel like doing. Like it's just, a, it's, a, it's a healthy habit. And so self-denial, once that muscle is developed and once it gets stronger, I'm telling you, it helps in every area of your life. We got a lot of young dating couples in the church and they're always asking for advice. Pastor Carolyn, what would you do? Give me some healthy advice. How can we honor God as we date? How can we have a healthy dating relationship? And, and usually they're asking for help of, hey, we wanna honor God with our bodies. We wanna be sexually pure, but it's hard help. You know what I tell them? I actually say, hey, I want you to do this. Once a week, I want you to fast. And I want you to actually fast food. Like, take a break from food once a week. Exercise that self-discipline. Because if you can say no to food weekly, consistently, you're going to be able to say no to other temptations. Are you hearing me today? So for me, I know, like, I never saw myself addicted to TV until I fasted it. Some of you, you don't think you're addicted. But let's just test try it. Take a break from it. See what it does. See what kind of withdrawal symptoms you all of a sudden start happening. You know, God gave us things to enjoy, but he doesn't want us to run to those things to comfort us and to strengthen us or to give us peace. That's what an idol is. Anything we turn to other than God himself and his word to give us peace, strength, energy. Are you hearing me today? So even good things can become idols in our life if we're not careful. 
And especially, we live in a world, we live in a culture that just gives us permission. What do you feel like doing? What do you want to do? What do you want to eat? What do you want to drink? What do you, you can do anything you want. What do you want to walk? Like, we just live in that world. And I just think it's unique that fasting is the opposite. Fasting is no, let's abstain. Let's surrender. Let's submit to the Holy Spirit. Let's lay something down, again, for the purpose of worship, prayer, and self-discipline. Now, fasting is also way more than just self-discipline. The Bible says it's a super intense form of prayer. Isaiah 58 says that those who fast get healing. You know, in Mark 9, Jesus said that those who fast have authority and power over demonic oppression. There are people in your life who have demonic oppression. There are lying spirits that are tormenting them right now. And I'm telling you, if you want to see them set free, you've got to walk in a lifestyle of prayer and fasting so that when you engage them, you can just pray over them and help them get free. Are you hearing me today? But it happens when we live a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. In Isaiah, it also talks about those who fast get financial blessings. It says they will ride on the heights of the land when Nehemiah fasted, God gave him protection in his mission, in his calling, and then God gave him supernatural provision, literally out of the royal treasuries. It was ridiculous. You gotta read it in the book of Nehemiah. When Daniel fasted, God gave him understanding and insight. And it wasn't just understanding and revelation insight for his life, but it was for the country he lived in. Like it was life-changing, the insights that he got. When Eliezer fasted, God gave him a woman. Like, come on, we're talking like a divinematch.com. Like, pretty stinking cool. Some of you single people, you're like, wait a minute, what, what, what was that, Eliezer? Yeah, read about him in Genesis chapter 24. You can read all about how he fasted, how God answered his prayers. It's the coolest story. You know, before Jesus started his earthly ministry, before he started teaching, before he started preaching, before he started healing people, he took a season, he went to the wilderness, and he fasted and he prayed. So keep in mind, fasting is not just a neat discipline for a few people to do. It's not just for the pastoral staff at Substance, like we're fasting and you're all good. Like this is something for all of us to get better at, okay? This is something for all of us to grow in. It's an essential discipline. Anyone, if you want to experience life to the fullest, I'm going to give you some secret practical hacks that are going to help make it easier for us to fast together as a church community. Let me kick it off with this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5. I love this scripture. It says, may God himself, the God of peace. Okay, let's just stop there. God himself, he is the God of peace. Some of you just need to know that right now. He's not the God of confusion. He's not the God of oppression. He's not the God of fear. He's not the God of insecurity. He is the God of peace. And he himself is here today. And he wants to make you holy. Holy means set apart. Means you don't look like everybody else in the world. You look different. You're set apart. He wants to make you holy in every way. Not just on Sunday mornings when you're in church. In every way of your life. And, it, and then he goes on to say, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes. God will make this happen for he who calls you he is faithful, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. I love this scripture because God, the scripture is saying you have three parts. You have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. And God wants to do a work in you that is through and through till the day he comes back, which means none of us have graduated. 
None of us have arrived. I have not arrived. You have not arrived. God is continuing to do a work in me, in my spirit, in my soul, in my body. And he's continuing through and through. He's making me more set apart like him. Listen, you are a spirit. Your spirit is eternal. When you are born, God gave you a spirit, which means when you die physically, when your body dies, if you have Jesus Christ and accepted him as your Lord and Savior, your spirit goes to heaven. If you're here today and you have denied Jesus and you do not believe in him, if you died today, your spirit would go and spend eternity in hell. Your spirit is eternal. Like, it's eternal. You have a spirit, then you, so you are a spirit, then you have a soul, which is your mind, your body, your emotions, it's all of our feelings, it's all of our thoughts, it's all of the emotions we don't want to acknowledge, it's all the things we suppress, it's our opinions, it's our passions, it's our desires, that's the soul, okay, so you have a soul, and then you live in a physical body. Now, what makes fasting so profound is that we're actually suppressing the soul. We're oppressing your opinions, your desires, your thoughts, your emotions, we're suppressing it, and then we're suppressing your physical body. Okay, so we're oppressing two of the three parts of you so that your spirit, which God created and God burst in you, can come alive and that God, his spirit can speak to your spirit. His spirit can strengthen your spirit. Are you hearing me today? Already in the last two weeks, I am telling you, I'm here, like God has been downloading insights to me personally that are like mind-blowing. Like, revelations about how I think. Like just last week, he just was so clear. Like I was weeping before the Lord. Like, I can't believe I believed that lie. I cannot believe I had that fear operating. Wow, like it's changing how I pray. It's changing how I think. In the last 15 days, God has been giving me insights to my family that are very medical in orientation that are just like light bulbs. Like, I would have never considered that. Okay, God, I think this is an insight from you. I'm gonna do some research and I'm gonna study this. God has been very clear to me. Carolyn, read this Psalm, Psalm 27. Read it every day. Read it over and over again. Meditate on it. Like, this is your word. Like, you need Psalm 27. And I'm like, yes, sir. Okay, I will read Psalm 27. Like, listen, he's changing my perception even of substance and like, how, not to strive, but to surrender and ask him for his strategy. He's literally talking to me like, Carolyn, I need you to change this on staff. Carolyn, I need you to invite these five families into this. I need you to challenge these two people to do that. I need you to text the scripture right now to so-and-so. They need encouragement. If you read my prayer journals right now, you would be blown away like, wow, that's very specific. And that's what I'm here to tell you today is God wants to give us advantages in life. He wants to speak to us. That's why Psalm 27.5 says, the Lord confides in those who fear him. The Lord confides. That means he has whispers. He has insights that you and I do not have. Because we don't need someone to confide in us if we know everything. Okay, so you and I don't know everything. There's things we do not know right now that we need to know. But the Lord confides he whispers, he tells insights to those who fear him. I don't know about you, but I want the God of the universe to confide in me. I want him to give insights for me. I don't want to live 2023 all over again. I want a new year with new insights, with new breakthroughs, with new healing. Are you hearing me? I want God to go through and through my spirit, my soul, and my body. I need him to set me apart, to help reveal himself to me. 
But here's the deal. I, I feel like it's important to say this isn't just for January. This isn't just for the 21 days that we do it as a church. This needs to be a consistent part of our life. Just like Bible reading, just like prayer, just like worship, just like church attendance, just like small groups, just like serving, we have this consistent discipline on fasting. And so I'm actually gonna jump into a bunch of practical things that you're gonna wanna write down because I just know that some of you, you are brand new to this discipline. If you're honest, you're like, yeah, I just, I, I hear you guys talk about it and I just kinda, you know, whew, nope, I'm not gonna do that, I'm not ready, I can't do that with my job, I can't do that, like, you know, some of you, you've never tried it. Some of you, you do it every year, but God wants to call like maybe a shift in perspective of how you fast. Some of you, you're nervous, but I'm just, I'm here to say it's never too late to start. I know there's teenagers here in the room that you've watched your parents fast, but you've never yet tried it. But, and I also know there's kids in this room who actually are currently fasting, like radical. Like there's some kids in our church, I've seen them, their parents post on social media, and I'm like inspired by the children in this church who are taking this fast seriously, who are seeking God for breakthrough. And you know what, the Lord responds and he's gonna bring breakthrough. But it's all about when you know how to fast. Because when you know how to fast, God is going to fast forward your life in ways you could never imagine. So I'll never forget when Peter and I, we first started pastoring, we're in Wisconsin. Our senior pastor did a 40-day water-only fast. I'd never seen someone do that before. I'm like, that is radical. Can you even survive that? Like, what is this? And so, you know, Peter, we're youth pastors at the time, and he's like, okay, if my pastor can do 40, he's like, I'm going to try three. I think I can do three days water only. And so I'll never forget by day two, Peter was losing his stinking mind. Like he was just kind of going insane, you know. And uh, anyone else ever tried this before where the headaches, the caffeine withdrawal, the exhaustion, the mood swings? I mean, like complete, it made Peter completely useless. Like he's just laying on the floor, you know. <laughs> and he found himself thinking like, God, is this actually how you want me to worship? Like this doesn't seem like worship. This just seems like I'm crabby, you know? Of course, as his wife, being honest, I'm like, God, is this really what you want for my husband? Because this isn't working. You know what I mean? This isn't, this isn't, you know. Here's the problem. Peter and I were doing it totally wrong. We were rookies. We had no idea what we were doing, and we weren't doing it correct. And so what I want to do today is give you a couple practical tips and hacks on fasting that I wish someone would have taught me decades ago. And I know that as you hear these today, it's just going to set you free. You know, once, one of the things that we always get is people always ask the minute we talk about fasting, yeah, but isn't that dangerous? Like, you know, can't you really hurt yourself doing it? Well, sure. Anytime you mess with your body, it can be dangerous. I mean, if you're pregnant, if you're diabetic, if you have an eating disorder that you're navigating, like, listen, you got to get wise counsel and get advice from your doctors. But the, and the general rule is this, if, if you have less than 3% fat, body fat, so if you have less than 3% body fat, fasting can hurt your heart and it can hurt your muscles. But let's be honest. <laughs> I don't think most of us are dealing with that 3% body fat. You know, research shows the average person at 155 pounds can go 40 days water only before their body starts to burn muscle and starts to affect their heart. And so here's where most people get into trouble. They just don't drink enough water. They don't drink enough electrolytes. And so my husband Peter wrote an entire blog on the pros and cons, all the physiological hacks of fasting. He's got all the scientific research. It's cited. You can check it all out. He gives step-by-step -step resources on how to fast, talking about the electrolytes and the ketoacidosis and headaches and caffeine withdrawal. So I encourage you, check out that blog. So can fasting be dangerous? Sure, if you do it wrong. But check this out. 
research is actually showing that it can be dangerous to not fast. So, in fact, a lack of fasting can actually impact your life expectancy. Let me just give you four quick things that talk about some of the scientific research behind fasting and how it actually helps us physically. First one is this. Fasting is a natural antidepressant. Research is showing that it dramatically increases the amounts of serotonin, dopamine, epinephrine, and norepinephrine in our bodies, meaning it helps regulate your mood. Hello, somebody. Let's, you know, we don't think of it that way, but it's good to know there's research behind this. The second thing that fasting does, research is proving that it dramatically reboots your cell regeneration. Research is showing that our bodies have a lot of damaged or elderly cells that are soaking up energy. And so when we fast, it's actually our body automatically killing off some of the weak cells and reboosting our, the production of healthy stem cells. Isn't that wild? Like, God knows what he's talking about here. Those who get heal, who fast get healing, Isaiah 58. We're talking about fasting here. A third one, this is a crazy, fasting decreases inflammation. So listen to this. One of the research studies said that a simple five-day vegetable-only fast, if you did it once a month, it was proven to have a bigger impact on inflammation than the majority of drugs on the market. Five-day veggies once a month, reduces your inflammation more than medicine. Isn't that crazy? And lastly, fasting decreases your autoimmune issues, heart, gut, skin, endocrine, and joint disorders. Okay, a lot of things that we deal with here. In fact, check out this study. One study found that when people with chronic asthma fasted for longer than 14 days, over 70% of test subjects completely eliminated the antihistamines that caused their asthma. Isn't that wild? Like, listen, again, if you want more information, go to Peter's blog. So if the research is true, then why are we not talking about this more? I think, I mean, we could be really cynical and say, well, Big Pharma just wants us to take medicine, you know, be addicted to their drugs. But let's be honest. I think most of us would rather take a pill than fast. Pills are easy. I'm not anti-medication. I'm just saying, you know, it's easy. Fasting is humbling. What if the Bible is true? What if, Isaiah 58, those who fast experience healing and breakthrough? So let me go, again, more practical. How do we even start? I just want to encourage you to start small. Do one or two days, skip lunch. Like, keep it easy. Take your lunch break, whether you're a student, whether you have a job, whether you're at home. Take your lunch break, and don't just skip lunch and then keep working. But take that lunch hour and grab your Bible and spend time with Jesus. Read your Bible, pray for people, do an exchange. Because again, we're not just trying to abstain from food and suffer. We're here to like actually hear from God. In fact, let me give you an example of this. John chapter four, Jesus and his disciples are traveling. And it's hot, they're tired, it's lunchtime, they're hungry. They get to this place in Samaria at this well. Jesus sits down at the well, so that, and then the disciples are gonna go into the village and they're gonna go get lunch supplies, okay? I love it, it's like DoorDash, okay? And so they're going to go get lunch, Jesus sits down. This woman ends up coming to the well. Jesus has the most unbelievable, prophetic encounter with this woman. Like, it brings about her salvation. It's the coolest story, you have to read it in John chapter four. The disciples come back with their lunch. They've got it. And they're like, Jesus, we got lunch. And you know what Jesus actually says? He's like, yeah, I'm not hungry anymore. He literally physically wasn't hungry. He wasn't just being poetic. That wasn't just a metaphor for a philosophy. His physical hunger didn't exist anymore. And this is what he said. He actually said, my nourishment, my food comes from doing the will of God and finishing his work. This word is alive. It is not just poetic. It is not just philosophical. It is alive. In fact, scripture says this word has healing for your bones. 
It's not just healing for your mind. It has actual physical healing. There's something that nourishes us, that strengthens us when we engage with God's word. It's living, it's active. In fact, Jesus himself said, we don't live on bread alone. And a lot of us disagree with that statement. They're like, no, 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 I really do. Like, I love bread. But Jesus is like, he had to put that in scripture to help us out. Like, no, you actually don't live on bread alone, but you live on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This scripture is what nourishes us, it's what teaches us. So start simple. One or two days, skip lunch, engage with God's word, okay? Second hack, be reasonable about your caffeine withdrawal. Understand that there's gonna be some headaches and so you gotta drink water, you gotta drink electrolytes. Like don't be clueless about the withdrawal symptoms. In fact, one of the things that Peter does is before he does a water only fast, he'll do like a keto friendly diet for like a week prior just to help his body start getting rid of sugars, start getting rid of carbs so that when he goes to the water only, it's not so traumatic. Does that make sense? So be reasonable and understand. The third thing that we love to encourage is create a calendar. I understand that you've got a, a life filled with work, school, homework, sports, travel. You've got a complicated family. You've got people's birthdays. And so it's always awkward when your birthday is during the 21-day fast. And, you know, it's like, how do you celebrate someone's birthday while you're just drinking water or vegetables? Like, it just feels kind of lame, you know? And so um, we encourage people, create a calendar. Look at your family schedule and make sure it's a win, that it's exciting, that it's like, I'm going to do water only here. I'm going to do a couple days of veggies and fruits here. I'm going to take a day off. You're, you're being intentional because if you're intentional versus obligatory, if you're strategic and thoughtful about it, you'll enjoy it. You'll understand this isn't forever. This isn't your whole new life and you're never going to have a cookie ever again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like your mind can play tricks on you. So that's why the fourth thing, if you fail a bunch, don't overthink it. The goal is practice, not perfection. I know for me personally, in the early days of me trying fasting, I would get so rigid. I would spend all my time focusing on, is this a fruit? Is this a vegetable? What fruits and vegetables can I eat and can I not eat? And I would spend so much time grocery shopping and menu planning to eat fruits and vegetables only that I was not spending any extra time with God. And I'm sure God was like, Carolyn, that's not the point. The point isn't to be legalistic about what is, is this nut an actual considered a fruit or a vegetable? Like, does it, you know, I mean, if you start analyzing tortilla chips and where they fit in the food chain, like, it just gets complicated, you know what I mean? And so, listen, like, the point is spend time with God. The point is spend time surrendering. And I would get caught in these shame cycles where I would just feel like a failure if I didn't do it perfectly. Like it's some formula to please God or it's some formula to get something from God. That is so dysfunctional. That is so weird. Can I just say that? Like as a parent, if my kids were like, I, I need to follow this exact formula to get, you know, to get blessing from my... Weird. That is not how God interacts with us. Like he does not have obligation and oppression with us. This is a gift that he gives us that he's like, I want to speak to you, but the world is so loud. Your cravings and your desires are so loud. Set it aside. Let me speak to you. Let me nourish you. I've seen so many people get caught in shame loops. And so I remember one girl at Substance, I just said, hey, would you just take a break? Just eat some crappy food, talk to God about it, take a break, and then reset your fast. And that's exactly what she did. She's like, I did it. It worked. She's like, I ate a bunch of crappy food. I felt terrible afterwards. Not meaning emotionally terrible like shame, but like, you know, you eat a lot of sugar and carbs and you get foggy headaches, you know? And so anyway, she's like, I felt awful eating the terrible food. And then I got, but I got rid of the shame loop. I reset my heart with the Lord. And now I'm five days water only. And she's like, there is joy. I have strength. I'm hearing from the Lord. But listen to me, don't overthink it and don't allow the devil to give you shame loops. Because here's what's beautiful, fasting will always be humbling. 
always. That's the goal. Like if we were black belts in fasting, like we would just be, you know. No, it's, it is humbling. But there's something so beautiful to be humbled, to know that you don't have it all. You don't have all the strategy. You don't have all the gifts. You can, there's so much you can't control. So why not surrender to the one who controls it all? Practice, laugh when you fail, but also challenge yourself. Don't just fast social media. Some of you, you've been doing that for a couple years. And I'm not judging you because I don't know who you are, but I'm just saying to you, I hear it a lot. And I'm just like, oh, okay, that's good. Fast it. But, but next year, like, keep adding. Add to your fast. Challenge yourself. Does that make sense? So here's where I want to encourage you. Out of Nehemiah chapter 1, let me just share this Bible story with you. The context is for decades, God had been warning his people, if you don't change, if you don't repent, you're going to get taken captive. You're going to get sent into exile. And that's exactly what happened. So Jerusalem and the temple are totally destroyed. All of the people are taken as captives or killed. Seventy years later, the Jews return to Jerusalem, many of them do, to start rebuilding the temple. Jerusalem was a mess. The wall was broken down. The gates had been burned. The people were being harassed. And Nehemiah had this revelation. Until a wall is built, God's people will not flourish. He was talking about a building project. He's, he's realizing, man, there's a lack of infrastructure, and it's killing things. It's limiting things. God, we need a breakthrough. But it was insurmountable. It was like an impossible feat for him. And so when he realized the need... And what he saw in Jerusalem, listen to how he responded. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. He said, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and fasted. I just love that. He mourned and he fasted. When he got the bad news, when he got the report, he mourned and he fasted. And the reason why he fasted is this wall was a virtually impossible task. At the very minimum, people said it's going to take three years to build. Jerusalem's at danger of war. In fact, it was such an intense environment that for every one construction worker that was working on the wall, they had one soldier with a sword. Like, talk about intense adrenaline. I mean, they had to work at night. Like, Nehemiah didn't change his clothes. Like, I mean, it was just alert, high alert. It was super intense. But I just love that his response to even hearing the news was he mourned and he fasted. I just had a sense as I was studying this passage, there are some of you here today, you are facing something that is impossible. You're mourning, but you're not fasting. I just felt like, listen, there is a response to the impossible. You can face the facts, but then you can seek the Lord. And we, we believe that he is alive and that he can do the impossible. So watch this. Because God's people humbled themselves through fasting, God enabled them in 52 days to do what everyone else thought would take three years. Why would God put that story in the Bible? I think he wants us to see the connection between fasting and efficiency, between fasting and productivity. God literally wants to fast forward our lives through fasting. Now, is it humbling? Yes, that's the whole point. It reminds us to be dependent on God. We stop relying on ourselves. And some of you, you are just, you are too reliant on yourselves. The whole point of fasting is to be like, okay, I trust you, God. I surrender. I let go. And I'm telling you, the Lord has insights. The Lord has miracles. The Lord has breakthroughs that are going to shock you. Some of you have things going on in your relationships right now that wouldn't it just be great to fast forward them to health? Some of you have things going on in your finances and your job. Wouldn't it be great to fast forward in God's provision and his clarity? 
They accomplished in 52 days what normally would have taken three years. That means God supernaturally chopped off 1,095 days. 1,095 days God just chopped off. Some of you, you've been waiting for this for a long time. Deliverance, healing, promotion, provision. And I'm telling you, I'm here today to be a cheerleader in your life to say God wants to fast forward your life. So check out this scripture, Nehemiah 6, 15 and 16. It says, so on October 2nd, I love the details in scripture. On October 2nd, the wall was finished, just 52 days after we had begun. When all our enemies heard about it, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized this work had been done with the help of our God. That's what God wants to do in your life and in mine. He wants to do miracles that we can't take the credit for, where everyone around you, your family, your coworkers can go, that ain't you, I know you. That was done with the help of your God. I believe in God because I now see, wow, that should not have been done in 52 days. Are you hearing me today? I want this to be said of each and every one of us. And so I wanna end with one last scripture. I just felt like Jesus in Matthew chapter seven, he is encouraging, he's doing his sermon, he's teaching. He's on the hillside, there's thousands of people listening. And he's teaching on effective prayer. He teaches about fasting, he's teaching about prayer. And listen to what he says, Matthew 7, 7 and 8. He says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So we see Jesus teaching this in Matthew chapter 7. What's so cool is then you go to chapter eight, the next chapter, and we see Jesus in action. All of a sudden, we see him engaging with people, one-on-ones, like he's having conversations with people. We see his compassion. We see his approach to people. One guy approaches him with a terminal illness and comes to him and is nervous to even talk to Jesus because he doesn't know what Jesus' response is gonna be. But he asks, and he says, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me whole. And I just love, Jesus just looks at him and says, I am willing, be healed, be whole. I just felt like that is a word for you and I today. Jesus is willing, Jesus is willing. He would say to you, be healed, be whole. And you know what's so cool is we don't just have to hear that statement. You can continue to watch all of chapter 8, all through the Gospels. You see Jesus' willingness in action. You see him heal all who were sick. You see him set free all who were demonically oppressed. All who had lying spirits. Listen, God is for you. He loves you. He is ever present to help. And he longs to have a two-way relationship where you talk to him and he confides in you. And you talk to him, and he confides in you. And as I was praying today, I just, I sense that some of you have never tried fasting. Because if you're honest, you'd say, Pastor Carolyn, like why would I engage with God when I'm not sure he's even willing? Like why bother? Why bother asking if I don't think he's willing? Why bother seeking? Why bother knocking? I give up, I don't even know what God thinks. And I just felt like, no, 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 he is willing. And I felt like today is a reset day. Today is a surrender day. Today is a Luke 18, one, always pray, never give up day. It's time to stop making excuses. It's time to stop listening to how you feel. It's time to humble yourself. 
to ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, to knock and keep on knocking. So this is what I would like you to do today. Would you, everyone across the room, if you're watching online, would you close your eyes? We're gonna just take a moment and we're gonna talk to God. And this is what I want you to do. With your eyes closed, block out the distractions of those around you. Ask God this question. God, what am I afraid of? I want you to ask God, where in my life am I unsure of who you are? I want you to ask God, where am I not convinced that you are willing? And I want you to ask God, would you reveal yourself to me? Lord, I, just, I thank you for every person that is here today. You see them, you know them, you know when they sit, you know when they stand. You know their thoughts from afar. You long to reveal yourself. You wanna confide in us insights for our physical bodies, our finances, our kids, our families, our relationships, our mental health, our emotional health. You say in Psalm 27, come and talk with me. And we as a church, we respond and we say, Lord, we're coming. We're coming to talk with you. We want to spend time with you, God, where you are downloading your thoughts to us. So if this is you today, if you're like, okay, Carolyn, I'm in. I want this in my relationship with God. I don't want 2024 to be a repeat. I want God's insights. Would you just repeat this simple surrender, repeat after me prayer? Say, God, I surrender to you. I need you. Reveal yourself to me. Save me. Help me. Lead me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love you guys. I'm so excited that we get to continue to do this together. We are gonna see God do miracles in our kids, in our teenagers, in our college students, in every aspect of our life as we seek the Lord together. At this moment, our campus pastors are gonna come on up and they're gonna give us instructions. We're gonna be going into a worship song that I am telling you is, your, is a continual surrender moment. So lean in, God is still speaking. I love you guys.